the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our reviews of the player cards in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. This is part three of our look at the rogue cards in the box. On this episode, we are going to discuss Sharon's Oval, Lockpicks Level 1, Moxie Level 1, the 41 Derringer Level 2, and Pickpocketing Level 2. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a Bless Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are simply bad for the big game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Path to Carcosa Investigator expansion. We have uh, been taking a look at uh, the rogue cards in the box and there have been some very good ones so far. Let's see if uh, that continues. The first card we're going to take a look at is Sharon's Obel. It is a, an asset, has no cost, it uh, has uh, costs you 1 XP. It has the item and relic trait. It is permanent and exceptional, so it will actually cost you 2 XP. When earning experience during the resolution of a scenario, if you were not defeated during that scenario, you earn 2 additional experience points. If you were defeated during that scenario, you are killed. Talk about a unique effect. Is this the only card in the game that will outright kill you? Well, there's... Oh, outright kill. Right. Yes, I believe it is. Other than there's a batch of a couple weaknesses that will eventually get there. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, Nothing there's some you, like, stipulations. I love this card. It's so cool. My opinion on it has swayed over the years. I think initially I was like, why would I never take not take this card? This card seems really broken. Mm -hmm. And I think to some extent that still holds true. Simply because if you can snowball your your campaign, you generally never get defeated, and then it's just like, oh, I just earned 14 extra experience. Why? I <laughs> or I guess 12, because you pay two into this. I've kind of um, gone up and down and swayed on this one as well. But one thing to note about this one is that, all right, campaigns are typically eight scenarios long. Mm -hmm. You can't take you can't get any you can't take this before starting unless you want to do the thick of it, but that's broken on itself. So you have to take this after scenario one. Yes. Okay. So you're down two XP going into scenario two. Okay. Scenario two, it doesn't put you ahead. It makes itself back up. So it's actually like a legitimate cost is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, because you go into, you know, the first time you get XP, even if, like, you spend it then, right? Mm -hmm. You go into scenario two, and then at the end of that, it doesn't even catch, it catches up. And then it's not even until after scenario three where you actually are feeling, you know, getting a benefit. And so you're not even feeling a benefit until scenario four. So four, five, six, seven, eight. So five scenarios of benefit, but you got to like pay for it. In, like you got to pay for it around scenario two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like 
this isn't exactly delve too deep is what i'm getting at i, I definitely seeing... agree with you there yeah. yeah but this yeah this is something you invest in and there is a real yeah. risk to it because if you yes. do happen to get defeated that whoops <laughs> yep then you got to start bet, start over at 0 xp yeah mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting is that it's a it's a it's a bet that could go very badly mm -hmm. so yeah so i feel like of the extra xp facts, i feel like this was like one of the least this one to like, me feels the yeah. most appropriately balanced yeah. amongst yeah. them yeah it was yeah, like Delta Deep was too little of a cost. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's a rogue card that gets released later on that has a ton of stipulations and only gives you one. Ex it, it's sort of on the opposite spectrum, is my point. Oh, and then I think Karen Gold yeah. kind of sits right in the middle there, where it's like mm -hmm. you you take on this, this stipulation of if I happen to get defeated, I'm screwed. But you're spending two experience, and then you're, you like you said, Matt, you have to wait basically two two scenarios in before you start to see any return on your investment yep and the whole way you're worried about dying mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. arkham is very much a game i think we've said this plenty of times at this point is that you know you want to start you know from the ground running you can't yeah. you can't really afford to d take on stuff like this a lot of the time and yeah when you do it pays off well but you know there is a lot of risk involved which is very fitting for rogue so yeah yeah i like it yep. You know, I yeah, think this over is the why... years I've I've grown to like it. Yeah, this this is why um what you were saying about you gotta hit the ground running and get the snowball going like as fast as possible. This mm -hmm. is why um I think in the thick of it is kind of overpowered because mm -hmm. you you immediately get that snowball going by getting three mm -hmm. XP and then XP begets more XP. Where like yes. this one, you have to make your snowball smaller even <laughs> before mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You make yeah, it right. you have to make it smaller in order to make it bigger eventually. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like this is appropriate. I believe I have only played this card in one deck, and it was like the, uh, oh, what's her name? Ursula. Mm -hmm. I played this oh, in an Ursula right. deck, and uh, I play, when I was playing through Forgotten Age the first time, my blind playthrough of Forgotten Age, and I think I did make it to the very end. Yes. So I, didn't, I wasn't defeated. I, think I, I don't think I won the final scenario. Okay. But That's yeah, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with this card simply because as a solo player, I could certainly use the additional experience points mm -hmm. because, I mean, as a solo player, you often don't have the time to do all the extra, the extra bonus XP that you can do as in multiplayer, like either kill all the elite enemies or visit all the locations. And so you tend to... to run a little tighter on xp and this sort of helps you i think the problem with this in solo is that the way that the scenarios are designed they sort of want to test different parts of the game and mm -hmm. your solo deck may be good at several of those parts but it is very difficult to build a solo deck that is good at all of them and so every campaign seems to have that one scenario that your deck simply cannot mm -hmm. deal with and so the odds of you being defeated are higher and while that is wouldn't necessarily be a problem in multiplayer in solo it's a huge yeah. it's a huge issue and and so it's like and i i even if you just think about something like the path to carcosa campaign right like you have 
you go from unspeakable oath which is sort of like evading and stuff like that and then you've got to go to a phantom of truth which is all about evading and then they throw uh, the pallid mask at you which forces oh, you yeah. to do something different mm-hmm. and it's just like can't if your deck can't make that pivot mm-hmm. in solo then you're going to go down to defeat and then you've lost yeah. the game with this card but which is at least the pivot happens after you've or you've netted some xp from this mm-hmm. so you can like take even though the bonus at that point might be like two or four that's still enough to like help you pivot i I like this card quite a lot yeah if it feels appropriate for an xp booster if mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, assuming that xp boosters are going to be in the game yeah which it's arguable whether they should be then this feels about right yeah, also, this seems like an interesting ride in solo, I gotta say. Because, like, it you is. don't have anyone to back you up, yep. you know? Yeah, like, it's all on you, to whether you get killed or not, which is, I think, kind of fun. The Iron Man, you know? It's yeah, the ult- like, ultimatum of finality. Yeah, there you go. It's called, yeah. yeah. How would you guys rate this one? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, uh, Flavor-wise, absolute Elder Sign. I love this card. Oh, gosh, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, it's also, it's Greek, too. Like, and there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of Greek at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it fits into, like, you know, the, the yeah. French theme with the, you know, the, oh, the background of Paris, yeah. and, you know, yeah. you get Greek mythology in there, which is very Lovecraftian in a way. Uh-huh. Huge flavor win for me. Gameplay-wise, I think I'm going to land on a plus one for overallness because yeah. there is that risk. I feel it's appropriately balanced for what it does. Mm-hmm. I think because it's linear nature, you can, you know, you can balance something like that much more appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you may die from it, which is a real risk, like you were saying, man, from laying in lower player counts. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a fair and good card worth considering. Yeah. I'm also going to say plus one. I think um, one stipulation I would want to add to it is um, it's nice to have a plan of what you're going to use that extra XP on because mm-hmm. not all decks require lots of XP. Even rogue mm-hmm. decks, especially with like a larger card pool, you can get away with some rogue decks that don't require a ton of XP. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do like a black fan, you know, like high like high resource combo and you need like more XP than all the other investigators at the table, then this is pretty good. If mm-hmm. you're playing a deck that doesn't need a lot of XP to get going, then you could probably skip this because why take the risk if your deck's going to like you know, hit its you know, hit its um, plateau, plateau. Like, yeah, yeah, earlier on. So, um, yeah, and then on the like, like I said, flip side, some decks you just need more XP than all your friends in order to like get going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with plus one. It's not for everybody, but it's it's an interesting ride. And of course, uh, it reminds me of the times when I uh, I got that weakness that gave me two XP, and then I immediately spent it on this. <laughs> and it was for a blind run too. I was like, all in, boys. <laughs> Fun times, fun times. I think I'm going to settle on zero for this one. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely an option. It's not an option I have reached for all that often, simply because getting yourself killed in solo is much, much yeah. easier yeah. than it is in multiplayer. I feel like this is could be prone to snowballing, in multiplayer simply because the odds of you getting actually killed are are less but yeah that's true i don't know it's it's 
it the additional XP does certainly help you in in solo, but the uh, the risk is definitely real compared to cards like Delve Too Deep, where there's the way you play it usually on your last turn of the game, and you're never really under any threat. Is it's definitely uh, an option if you want to uh, to risk it all. You can pick up Sharon's Oval, but uh, like we've said, it doesn't uh, it doesn't pay off immediately, and you are sort of delaying your deck's development for a couple of scenarios before this this one starts to uh, to pay off. So uh, keep that in mind. The next card uh, really needs no introduction. This is Lockpicks Level One. Three cost asset with an intellect skill icon. Item tool, illicit trait, uses three supplies. If lockpicks has no supplies, discard it. As an action, exhaust lockpicks, investigate, add your agility value to your skill value for this investigation. If you do not succeed by at least two, remove one supply from lockpicks and it takes up a hand slot. I don't think any other card has uh, revolutionized Rogue as much as this oh, yeah. one did. It was uh, reprinted in the Revised Core for a uh, very good reason, and uh, until this was released, rogues didn't have a lot of great options to get clues. I mean, they had Flashlight, and later they had Streetwise. Uh, this one comes along and basically all but guarantees that you get one clue a turn. Mm -hmm. Probably the easiest Elder Sign in the game. Easiest seller sign in the game. That's debatable. I mean, it's definitely the best, I would argue, the best rogue card in the game. I think, Ooh. generally speaking. Um, I think. You're probably right. Um, Just because of what it yeah. does for the faction. For the class as, as a whole. whole. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking like Safina here, like, who's like one of the least roguey rogues, right? Still, mm -hmm. she loves this because it doesn't take up a spell slot, and right. she gets an, she's at an eight, you know, on this. So yeah, the fact that it's like almost fixed. guarantees the clue is pretty sweet. And you get mm -hmm. three, and also like you can tactically break a pick on like a high shroud location. Like you don't necessarily have to succeed by two on every single right. test you make with lock picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, because you get three of them. Yeah, this is really good. Um, and also like the only downside of this one is that it costs money to put down, right? So you're it's a little slow. And it has to exhaust. So it's only going to get you one, one clue a turn. That all being said, like, you're a rogue. You don't have access to Pathfinder, right? So you have to spend... So on a given turn, you're going to have to move, all right? And then you're going to get one investigate test. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do another thing, you know, often enough. Yeah, it's not like you're going to... It's not like the fact that you can't take... You can't use this three times is, like, that big of a deal, is, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. And because you, you, you have to move around. You have to spend actions doing other things as a rogue. Yeah. If you're playing Jenny, you can play Deduction. Yeah, and that really helps. It does really help. You get two. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm saying the only limitation it has to it, like, it's not the worst in the world because you mm -hmm. have to spend actions moving as a rogue. Also, I love lockpicks for triggering uh, quick thinking. Yes. Because it's, like, such an easy quick thinking trigger. Well, yeah, you're, you're lucky cigarette case, though, once that comes out. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. basically then this is this, how you do it. this is guaranteeing yeah. you get a clue and a card yeah. every turn. That's kind of which is kind of how the that, rogue that's works. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how the rogue starts to work, mm -hmm. like in these early sets. So yeah, it's 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 super good. Like 
you got to really ask yourself why you're not playing it. Um, yeah, as a rogue. Yeah, I got to be honest. Yeah, that yeah. that's really the question is. Yeah. What am I doing instead of this? Yeah, I think even and... Safina has to ask herself that question because. Oh yeah, Safina loves this card because it takes up a hand slot, not a spell slot. I think like the the reason why you wouldn't play this is if you're playing two handed weapons. Yeah, that would be that would be why if you're playing like. 45 Thompsons later on in the game. Or if you're playing mm -hmm. Chicago Typewriter, that that would be why. But other than that, you're probably playing Lockpicks. It is worth noting that there is a level 0 version of Lockpicks that was released, I believe, in the Winifred Havamock starter deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a, uh, a pale comparison to the level 1 version. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, uh, like basically any test has a potential to break your picks and uh, yeah and then it's gone it's forever. just not worth the risk but this one you've got three i don't know i think i can count on one hand how many times i've broken a pick in all the oh, games i've played with it's this. basically never because I break picks you end up with like a seven eight yeah. yeah like if you're investigating five six drop locations with it exactly you, you will probably break a pick in those situations but in lower player counts, you're investigating two, three, four shroud locations, and you blow those tests out of the water. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, but also, you know, what's nice about lockpicks is because you do, like, you have those three shots, you can investigate four shroud locations without having to throw icons into it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're six or eight as Safina, you can draw minus four, still get the clue, but you have those three picks to, um, you know, to fall back on, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. I gotta admit. It's not like... Like, even Seekers, like, even if a Seeker runs into a Forest Shroud location, they have to have some sort of boost, like, to reliably get it. So mm -hmm. at least with Rogues, once a turn, you can get it. You might break a pick, but you have three of them, so you're fine. And this is why I really don't like the lock picks level zero, because you can just, like, one bad token, you've lost your whole picks, and you don't even get any clues for it, yep. you know? can can often happen. So, kind of awful. Yeah, so this card's super good. Ratings? Elder Sign? Elder Sign... Yeah, you gotta ask yourself if you're a rogue. You gotta ask yourself why you're not playing this card. Yeah, super good. Was reprinted in revised core, so uh, you've likely got a couple copies of this already. And uh, if you enjoy building decks, having a couple extra copies for your other rogue deck is uh, is nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's nice when uh, when the very good cards have been uh, good cards are reprinted. So. Yeah. yeah, tough to tough to turn your nose up at this one in uh, pretty much any deck that can take it. The next card is Moxie. It is a one cost asset with a uh, that costs one XP, willpower and agility skill icons, talent, composure, fast, limit one composure in play. Non direct horror must be assigned to Moxie before it can be assigned to your investigator card. As a free triggered ability, you can spend a resource to either get plus one willpower or plus one agility for this skill test. And uh, this one has one sanity. Now, the uh, the composures that were released in uh, Echoes of the Past sort of got a bad rap compared to, especially when you compare them to the uh, Dunwich Legacy uh, permanent talents. This one I have actually used because... Uh, Rogues have terrible willpower. This is one of the few ways, especially at this stage of the game, where you can basically churn your resources into willpower skill boosts. It's a little tricky to use because you need to sort of 
play it at the right time and and then yeah. try to kind of protect it. But even if this gets you through a, a, a Frozen in Fear, it can be oh, yeah. <laughs> a lifesaver. What do you guys think yeah. about this one? This card is low-key slept on in a lot of rogue decks. It's pretty good. Like yeah, you said, what... it's one of the only ways you have to deal with willpower treacheries, mm -hmm. and it's a pretty good way of dealing with it. Yeah, that's what the... that's what convinced me when I first tried it, was I realized, once I realized it protects itself <laughs> by letting you boost willpower tests, the same willpower test like, that, that would get make it fall off the table, mm -hmm. I realized this is actually like, really good. Um, yeah, because because it, it gives you like an outlet for all your resources that actually like, covers one of your key weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even like Jenny, like even even Jenny has trouble with rotting remains because she's a three willpower and it's a difficulty three, right? Mm -hmm. Or trouble with frozen and fear. So this kind of solves it all. Yeah, this is like yeah, like you say, it's it's low key, like it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah, that and, and um, he's nicely with watch this too. Oh yeah, that oh, so you could like that's you could. Right. Uh, you know, you could chuck some resources in the watch this, chuck some resources yeah. into your moxie, you succeed the test, yeah. you get a bunch of resources back and yeah, you get three back. Oh, there feels you go. Good. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Moxie. I, I think it's um actually my favorite of the composures. And I think um although uh, I think Plucky's pretty good, but this one I think it's really useful because rogues need it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is pricey in that it costs a lot of resources to really really push through a frozen and fear test, but it's one of the few ways you have. So it feels like appropriately costed. Yeah, I was I was convinced of this card's power when I played through the secret name with uh, with Winifred. And if you have played oh, the secret name, right. you know how many willpower skill tests are yeah. in that particular oh, scenario. Right. And uh, I actually beat it with Winifred, and this card was key uh -huh. to doing so because she could just basically convert all of her resources into passing the willpower mm -hmm. skill tests that she needed. And this is fast, so you can drop it on the table and yeah even if you lose it but it's helped you on a couple tests it doesn't feel so bad so yeah especially at this stage of the game i mean recently rogues have received a lot of tools to deal with the yeah. willpower tests either in event form or skill form where you can just toss a ton of icons at it and mm -hmm. hope for the best but uh, at this stage of the game it's a little bit tougher and uh this is definitely one of the better tools in the box what do you guys how would you rate this one i'm gonna give this i think a plus one it's really solid um mm -hmm. i think the only thing that really holds it back is just how much resource generation your deck has if you're someone like safina you might not have the resources really to do stuff like this depending on how your deck is built uh -huh. but i could also see a safina deck where you like play hot streak oh you play hot and, streak a few times and you and then, copy yeah, hot streak gorgeous. with painted world and now now you're yeah. boosting your best two stats yeah that's true although safina like she, can, she has access to holy rosary so she doesn't necessarily need this but i get i get your point yeah you could use holy rosary to protect this there you go yeah just play both <laughs> no problem yeah the fact that this is fast is like pretty good yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go plus one as well like yeah, if you're playing a rogue and you're already playing roguey stuff that gets you resources, like, you could do a lot worse than this. Yeah, I, I like this card. I also love how he, like, the guy, he's not just he's not just escaping for his life, but look, he's got his little dog. <laughs> There's a little puppy mm -hmm. in his arm. It's like, that's so cute. It makes you wonder about this fellow's story. You know, not only is he, I look, I'm guessing he, like, snuck onto the train 
and like doesn't have a ticket and then the, like the conductor's coming by and he's like oh gotta go and he uh stole the puppy well then he can burn in hell and that's terrible <laughs> you know but if assuming that's his puppy right him and his puppy you know he's just like he just decided to sneak on a train because he's kind of poor and he needs to get to the next city but then uh you know the conductor's coming by he doesn't have a ticket so he's got to like jump off the train yeah it's what a, what a great story and i kind of wish this the person. character in this art was the same one from watch this because <laughs> then it would give you a very uh sort of a nice little story running through the cards of this guy who's like on one hand he's like jumping out of a window firing his guns and then he's jumping off the train with his like if they'd put the dog in his pocket and watch this that would have been awesome let's <laughs> provide that link but then again if the guy would watch this was was this guy the train would have to be on fire and there'd have to be like tentacles coming out of it and like gunfire everywhere and it would be a very complicated it would be a, a very busy piece you know if it was to watch this man because i i have a feeling that watch this man like Every day of his life involves gunshots. It is worth noting that there is an upgrade, a level three upgrade for Moxie, and I believe it's the Edge of the Earth uh, expansion, mm -hmm. which is arguably even better than this one because yep. it has, uh, it does protect itself uh, a little bit compared to this mm -hmm. one. Costs more XP, but uh, yeah, I really like this card. I don't. I can't give it an elder sign. It's definitely plus one territory, though. I think this is one of those cards that people have really slept on because oh, yeah. when I've looked at rogue decks, especially you know when when I'm looking for rogue decks to play solo, and you know a lot of the complaints you see on rogue decks is just like people just sort of throw up their hands and say, "Well, there's no way you're going to ever pass a willpower skill test," and they're like, "Like we." We can't do it. And I'm just like, yeah, but Moxie exists. <laughs> just play Moxie. Yeah, just play Moxie. There. Moxie can do it. Yeah. yeah. But people seem to forget about it. Maybe because they've just wrote off all the wrote off all the composures is mm. as pointless. But Bad. but yeah, I I often look at this one and I'm just like, yeah, it's it's only one XP and it can save your ass again, especially against Frozen and Fear. Yeah. and uh that is uh that's what you need so uh definitely worth the one xp if you are concerned about uh covering willpower skill tests and uh take it from me if you are playing something like the secret name which is basically all willpower skill tests and this card can get you through that scenario then uh it will work in other scenarios as well the next card is uh, also reprinted in the revised core set. This is the 41 Derringer level 2, 3 cost asset, uh, combat and agility skill icons, item weapon, firearm and illicit trait, uses 3 ammo as an action, spend 1 ammo, fight, you get plus 2 combat for this attack. If you succeed by 1 or more, this attack deals plus 1 damage. Once per turn, if you succeed by 3 or more, you may take an additional action at this turn takes up a hand slot thoughts on the 41 derringer i think this is one of matt's favorite cards of all time it kind of is <laughs> yeah because i think um a lot of members of the community there they kind of lean on um switchblade level two to like um do what this does and i can't remember which set switchblade level two was in but switchblade level two like on its face is probably a bit more reliable um cost less doesn't have ammo 
deals two damage per attack. But like I've I've just like played with Derringer a lot, and what the and what I've come around to with it is that it is a weapon, but what it actually does is give you three extra actions because it lets you action compress um, a combat turn like even farther by giving you that extra action. So, but the thing is, you got to succeed by three, which is kind of hard to do. But you don't necessarily have to succeed by three on every on every shot with it. Like let's say um let's say it's go time. You got to start shoot. You got to start dealing damage. You take a shot. Okay, you you succeed by one. You get two. You take the second shot. Then you like go all in. You succeed by three, and then you get the action back. And then you're feeling pretty good because now you're on prog you're on track to do like six or eight damage to the baddie and really get things done. That was really well with a uh, sleight of hand because not only because um if you take three shots. With, you know, off of a sleight of hand, like you're, and if you're a rogue and you're trying to succeed at these tests, like you're gonna draw minus one on like one of them, and then you're gonna end up, you know, and the, and if this is like the turn where you really got to get things done, you're gonna be boosting, you're gonna be, you know, pushing to four over or five over even on those tests because you like got it. That's like the this is the compressed term. You got to get it all done, and mm -hmm. on those turns especially, like you're gonna get an extra action just by like odds are. And that's what I really like about this card. It's it's not just about the damage, it's about the extra action that comes into play on the big fight turns when you need an extra action the most. So yeah, I like I love this, this card. card. Yeah. I like this card in tandem with evasion too, because of the action generation. You can evade something, then shoot, then you basically yep. get your evade action back, which can be really yep. handy too. True, true. Yeah, so I've had many good many good times with this card. I have nothing to add. It's, it's extra actions. <laughs> what can you say? It was reprinted for a reason. Gives the yeah. if you have the revised core, you have somewhere to go with your XP. That's going to be uh, very very useful. It does uh, it does the plus one damage. Has plus two combat, which is yeah pretty good in its own right for sort of rogues. You know, until you get Tony Morgan, sort of three twos and threes in combat so that just makes the succeeding harder mm -hmm. and so you're going to need to commit or spend resources on talents to really boost this but if you built your deck with this card in mind then like you said you're probably not going to get the extraction every shot but if you can get it a couple times out of three shots or sleight yeah. of hand it out and then get an extraction out of it the card is going to do some serious work for you. So how would we rate this one? I'm going to give this definitely a solid plus one. Um, I think as time progresses, you might want to look into different options, but it's really solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll go with plus one. It's not going to like do everything, you know, everything for you, especially if you're a focused combat rogue. This is kind mm -hmm. of like a sidearm at best. Um, but if you're if you play the generalist rogue, where you have like lockpicks in one hand and Derringer in the other, like this is kind of like perfect weapon for you. I'm thinking like Jenny Barnes, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of like my favorite style of rogue, which is why I've, I've had a lot of experience playing with the 41 Derringer. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one a plus one because it's not gonna do everything all by itself. But what it is gonna do is it's gonna it's gonna bail you out uh, on the turn where you need to do like a bunch of damage, and it kind of lines right up with there. Even if you ha even if it's your sidearm, it can still give you that extra action. Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be totally worth it. So I'm going to go with plus one. I will also give it a plus one. Very solid, especially if you are playing sort of, a, you're expected to do a little bit of investigating and a little bit of fighting. This is good for the little bit of fighting part. The lockpicks are good for the little bit of investigating part. 
and uh, because you know between lockpicks and this you've you know for what is it four or five six experience points you've sort of covered combat and investigation mm -hmm. then you can spend your other experience points on some of the other uh, rogue stuff and rogues can I mean a lot of their cards are exceptional so you can spend an awful lot of experience points and it's nice that you know for a little bit you know six you can almost in later scenario like it's hard in Dunwich kind of hard in Path to Carcosa to sort of get six right off the bat but I think in later scenarios you can generate six so your deck is basically set up very very quickly and then you can start to explore other uh, other ideas. The final card we're going to look at in this batch is Pickpocketing Level 2. Two cost asset with two agility skill icons, talent, and illicit traits. It is fast. As a response, after you evade an enemy, exhaust pickpocketing, draw one card, or gain one resource. If you succeed by two or more, do both instead. Love this card card's an engine all on its own it's oh yeah really <laughs> drawing multiples is amazing oh, yeah and well and also the first engine helps draw cards to get to the second copy mm -hmm. yeah which is like which is really nice i think honestly the key thing that makes this card really stand out and actually might be a little overpowered about it is the fact that it's fast because you don't have to play it until it's evade time and it doesn't provoke on the turn you you put it down mm -hmm. yeah so this card this card's amazing because it pays for itself in one test and you don't. E oh wait, not. And you don't even have to spend an action to put it down. <laughs> you know, like you just just drop it out there, start mm -hmm. evading, get your money back, yeah, and keep drawing. And rogues need draw engines, so this is this is super good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like, like I swear, I see a lot of. This is very popular locally, and so I see lots of. Uh, I see it, I see it all the time. I have all these memories of you know of like other players being you know just playing Finn. Finn is a popular one for this, being like okay. Nice, got an enemy. I pick his pocket. All right, here we go. You know, and then just like every turn, they're like, I pick his pocket, and they just it, it charges up the rest of their turn. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's so good. Yeah, because because it's fast. That's what makes it so good. Yep. The uh, this is a card that I often uh, will purchase for my rogue decks. The fact that you're getting a card, you you're usually getting a card and a resource, is uh, is awesome. It's also worth noting that, I mean, rogues don't have Lucky Cigarette Case yet at this stage of the game, and this is one of the few ways that rogues can draw cards, which is important because they have yeah. so many exceptional cards, and if you want to see those cards that you've plowed a ton of your experience points into, pickpocketing will get you to them yeah. that much quicker. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've played this in rogues, I've played this in, uh, in Wendy, it's very very nice and if you can it's slotless so if you can get two copies down holy you're in heaven ratings easy elder sign this card is amazing yeah i'd agree if it didn't have the fast it would be a, i think it'd be a plus one because then you got to like spend your resources you got to spend an action to put it down and then you got to wait for the enemy to show up but the fact that you can wait oh my gosh <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah elder sign yeah Elder Sign for this one again, another nice card for solo because you can uh, you can wait mm -hmm. until the last minute to put it down. It's not like a lot of those assets where you've got to slow your momentum down. It's like okay, when am I going to play the pickpocketing? Okay, I'm going to mm -hmm. take a hit to my momentum to play it. This one you just wait and then when the enemy shows up, 
not only do you get the, the free action out of it, but then you're going to start paying for it and getting extra cards and resources right away. So very, very good card and a pretty good batch of rogue cards overall. That's going to do it for our look at this uh, batch. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. Any final thoughts? Solid. Very, very oh, yeah. solid. Yeah. I mean, lockpicks, yeah. 41 Derringer 2 and pickpocketing 2. It's a lot of yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, like and these four cards. Too. Yeah, no, these four cards, you just drop them in a rogue deck and it's like, you're good to go. Like, this is, mm -hmm. this is, this is it. Like, this is the rogue identity, like, right here, to be honest. Because, you know, you got a little bit of fighting, you got a little bit of uh, investigating. Now, you're not the best on the team, you know, for it, but it gives you what you need. You got a little, and you got defense, you know, defensive stuff with Moxie and Pockpicketing as your, your resource engine. Like, just, mm. if you had a deck that, like, if you had a deck list and you started off with these four cards, you'd be in good shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you'd have a way to draw cards, you'd have a way to pass skill tests. I mean, Moxie feeds into pickpocketing. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Which, I, I mean, true. what uh -huh. more do you need, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you true. need, a, you need a little bit of extra experience points to uh, to afford some of these goodies, then uh, Sharon Zobel can, uh, can oh, supply that's that. True. We didn't even, yeah. <laughs> Assuming that you live long enough to uh, to benefit from it. But, I mean, if you've got pickpocketing level 2 in your deck, you're going to be doing pretty well. <laughs> so... Or even the Derringer. So, yeah, a very uh, solid batch of cards here. If, and yeah. then you throw in Watch This into the mix from our previous set. And yep. that's, a, that's a pretty good rogue deck um, for, uh, for this box. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.